shall bow our heads to pray. Oh Heavenly Father, Lord, we are so thankful and grateful, Father God. Lord, that you live, Heavenly Father God. Amen. Father, we are so thankful and grateful, Heavenly Father God, Amen. that you came down, Heavenly Father, from your throne of glory, Heavenly Father. Amen. And you came, Almighty God, in a, in a way that was not so much acceptable, like a baby, oh God, we born, Father, in a manger, Father. So we want purpose, Lord, to die on the cross for us, Lord, Amen. and to take away us from our sins, Father God. Amen. And after the Lord Jesus, your resurrection, oh God, you have given unto us, Father, of thy spirit, to prove again to the world that we live again. Oh, Father, we pray, Father God, that on this Almighty God, commemoration of the resurrection of Jesus Christ this day, Father, you may come, Lord Jesus, and welcome you in our meetings, Father. We welcome you in our soul service, Lord. We welcome you, Father, in this meeting, Father. Come and have your own way, Father God, in your meetings, Father. You are sovereign, God. You've got ways and means that goes beyond our own thoughts, Father God. Father, we want to commit, oh, Father, this whole day and the service and the meeting into your capable hands, Father God. Bless the song service. Bless us that are singing. May it be, my heart be prepared, oh God, for the way, oh Father. Lord, then may we worship you, Lord God. May we bring praises and glory, Father God. We give you all the honor and the praise and the honor, Father, in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I just forgot to make some of the announcements. The toilets are the back, so they are the male and the female, and there's also the side toilets. Amen. Let's sing this song. This is the day that the Lord has made. Hallelujah. This is the
Hallelujah. We thank God for today. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Let us sing for happy day. Hallelujah. Each day brings its own blessings. So we want to thank God for today. It's a happy day today. So we want to sing our happy day. That fits my choice. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, happy day. That fits my choice.
We used to sing a little chorus, which we sometimes with the devil trying to bind him. We just want to make sure that he is loosened. So we used to kick the devil. So they kick him down, kick him down. Have the devil on the run. Today let's have the devil on the run. Says kick him down, kick him down. Have the devil on the run. A son of God must not be trodden. Let me start again. Kick him down, kick him down, and the devil on the run. The son of God has not drawn him down, so kick that mama down. Kick him down, kick him down, and the devil on the run. The son of God must not be drawn down, so kick that mama down. Hallelujah. We might try it again. We're not getting the songs right away. Right? We'll try it again. The lovely song. Maybe this thing you can tell the world about this. You can tell the world about that. You want to try these little choruses because sometimes they uplift us. Amen. It's, it's a little, you, you can tell the world about this. You can tell the world about that. Tell them Jesus says come. Tell them that the comforter is he brings joy to my soul. He brings joy to my soul. You can tell the world about this. You can tell the world about that. Tell them that Jesus has come. Tell them that the comforter has come. He brings joy to my soul. He brings joy to my soul. In Jesus, amen. Glory be to God. <clears throat> Let's start from the chorus. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and he bought me with his redeeming blood. He
to each shall the gentle seek, and this rest, and this rest shall be his glorious. May the Lord get his blessing to the reading of the way. You may be seated. Amen. Kind of read a bit of a lengthy portion, but really I wanted to talk about um, our subject, which is uh, born in a little despised place. We spoke about this um, about the 23rd of um, December, somewhere around there, having approaching Christmas, and we're thinking about why little person. Now it appears as if Christmas has come and gone, and the world is just continuing on because they might not have a clear understanding of what Christmas means. But for us, Christmas is not just a one-day event. Christmas is an everyday event. Because for us, Christ is born within us as we live upon the earth. So we write here that he is out of the root of Jesse, Charlie And when we were talking about why did we best name for a recap, we spoke about the scripture which um, the prophet spoke um, on this on this particular scripture in references. But thou, Bethlehem, Ephraim, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall come forth that is to be ruler in Israel, whose going forth is, has been from the old, from everlasting unto everlasting. So in the recap, we're saying that Bethlehem is one of the littlest of the cities that God had chose to come and be born in. We read that when Mary and Joseph were, and Mary was expecting something happened in, the, in, the, in, in Jerusalem. We, we are told that the, the governor at that particular time uh, brought forth a, a law that everybody had got to be taxed. So because of that law, Mary and Joseph had to go back to where they were originally coming from. So they, they are natives, the area which they were born in. Let's say, if you were to say it in our Shona language, Kumushapao, you would have been Bethlehem. So they went back to Bethlehem, and unbeknown, Mary started expecting right there and then. So they had to look for a place for, him to, for, for Mary to deliver the baby. And they went to the inns, they could not take them. They went to the hotels, they could not take them. Until they had to go and find a place called the little manger, where the sheep are born. Because he was the lamb of God. So he had to come in the form of a sheep. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Mm-hmm. So as he was coming in the nature of a sheep, when they looked for the particular place that we, they could find that nature, they found a little cave which was manure piles, which means those sheep were there, that way they would put their manure. So they went into a very, very despised place. Mm-hmm. It was not the place that we would have thought that the king of glory, the eternal God who created heavens, and the things they are in, the galaxy and the things they are in, nature and what it is, he created such beautiful scenes and such beautiful scenery, but yet when he was trying to bring all his glory and all himself, he chose to be born in a despised place. He chose to be born in a very little despised place. So our subject is born in a little despised place. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. And for a recap, we find that there were several places, not just or just um, if we, if we, if I can just get a bit of five minutes, or just uh, kind of go and um, just do a recap uh, of, uh, of 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 what we're talking about. I hope I won't be long because it's, it's a bit lengthy. I'm just trying to get my things. Yeah. So we find that 
when when they were, they were, when they were when he was born, sorry, let me just. When he was born, there were several places that he could have been born. There was Gilgal, where they where there had been a great spiritual place after Joshua had crossed over. There was Shiloh, where they actually rested. There was Mount Zion, where he could have gone unto. And all those cities were great and big. But God chose to build to be found in a very very despised place. There was also Ramos Gilead, there was Kadesh Benir. All those places were, were places that God could have been born into. Then we found that, that why would God be born in a, such a despised place? And we were trying to bring a bit of a teaching. This is just a recap. And by God's grace, we just have to help us as we go into the part two of the, of the service. We find that God, when he was looking upon and calling upon Abraham, Abraham was such a was going to be the father of nations. But despite him going to be the father of nations, he was brought forth and put in a land called Canaan. And Canaan was a caged land. And Canaan was caged because of the sin of Noah. The sin of Noah, which Noah, Noah himself was Noah himself did not see. But his children. There was Ham, Sham, and um, Justice. And of those, one of them uh, looked upon his father's nakedness and that became a case. It wasn't a case to him, but it was a case to his firstborn son. And his firstborn son was named Canaan. And then Canaan later on moved from that land and went to a particular land. And we found how the genealogies of that particular tribe when we was when um, confirmed Babel. And from Babel, you found that way they had the Tower of Babel, and then they started having a hunter who was hunting and the, the, taking control of several kings and so forth. But all that, in the midst of all that, God went and called Abraham. Because Abraham was of, a, of, of the son that covered. He was of the lineage of the son that covered the nakedness of his father, Noah. And that was shame. And God has given a blessing upon Shem. He said, Blessed be Shem. Hallelujah. So it should be that when Abraham's lineage was being called, he was of the blessed lineage. But when when the when that when when it was Ham, when Ham's lineage was being called, it made the case in it. And the case that was in Ham ended up being the tribes that were the Levites, of the Amorites, of the Canaanites, of the Gigagites, of the Jebusites. Those tribes that we later on find that Joshua had to face when he crossed over Jordan, coming back. All those tribes of the lineage of Ham. And yet, Joshua was coming, they were the very tribes that God was now going to dispose. And we found that even in our very own lives, we've got certain things that the prophet has told us that we are fighting against. We fight not against our brother, we fight not against our sister, but we fight against the very things that have been in us. This land. That we are born in is cursed. Our land is cursed. But God has given us something which is greater, which He has tried to do, and He brought that on when He was chosen that on His birth. He was born and He is born today in our little soul. And in our soul, it might look so despised, it may look so small, but He is born in our flesh. And as He is born in our flesh, we've got things like our five senses, our if I can call them, if I, oh, um, maybe they might not come here. Uh, our sight, 
our ears, our feelings, our touch, the five senses that we go through, we fight against those things because the flesh is always fighting against the spirit. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, we also have got five spiritual things that we fight against. We fight against our affections, we fight against our reasonings, we fight against our, our conscience, we fight against the, the things that are in our mind because the mind is got a battle which is fighting against the soul. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. So we're trained and we're teaching by that message on our part one that God is being born in our soul. But we are now fighting ten things. The five things of the flesh and the five things of the spirit. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So in, in, in continuation of that, as we go further, just at that thought maybe we could just do a recap for us as well. We want to talk about uh, why it had to be Bethlehem. Because the prophet spoke and asked that particular question, why did, why was God, why did God come in, a, in that little displaced kind of place? Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Amen. Let me just see where we are now. All right. So, but all the time in there, do you notice there's a great working, mighty mystery that no one seems to understand? Mm-hmm. He's talking about why it had to be Bethlehem. He said, no one seems to understand this great thing. That's the same thing it is today in God's blessing. There's working a mystery sign that no one seems to understand. Hallelujah. But something goes over the top of their head of the people. They don't seem to understand it, no matter what's done or what's said. The mystery part of the things that's done, the people look over it and say, oh, I guess so, or it might go right and go on. They don't understand it. They can't catch it. They can't get it. That's what God was doing in Bethlehem and Judah. They could not get how God, the great God, was coming down to a particular little place in Judah and be born in a mile car. Hallelujah. And that is how they failed to miss their Messiah. Because Israel was expecting their Messiah to come and to deliver them. They read prophets after prophets after prophets telling them of the Messiah. Even the scripture we read that we were talking about how you would come out of the root of Jesse. Hallelujah. So they were expecting that God was going to come, yet when the way he came, they missed it. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Now we have here here, how this little Bethlehem yet being unnoticed. A little place, not not too much, to the outside world. Just the smallest of the cities. Nobody paid any attention to it. But yet God in his purpose that that's where all these things would happen. So the way that God does his things, sometimes it's so contrary to the way that men would do their things. Men have got their own thoughts and their own ways, their own plans. They might have even planned that, oh, let's keep our little our little daughter here, virgin. Oh, there's no way it is. There's a higher virgin shall conceive. Our daughter is going to be the one. She's the most holiest. She's coming from the priest Caiaphas and everything. So they were having their own plans. But God came down with his own ways. And the thing that when God comes down with his own ways, he comes in a way that is so much unnoticed. Many times the things that go unnoticed are the things that we really don't seem to, to get. Hallelujah. The prophet goes on to say, even in this, I want you people here for this and around to just get this. Remember that God, what he's doing, see, he's taking the simple things. It's the simplest of things that God does things. You notice that um why sometimes things go over the top of our head is because the things that happen will be expecting a great thing. But then God comes and does it in a very simple manner. Hallelujah. 
Let's just see what the prophet is going in and say. We'll get into our subject as we go on. I tell that the Holy Spirit will present now to give you the correct understanding. Hallelujah. That God doesn't work out in these big things. It's by the Spirit. Not by power, not by might, but by the Spirit, says the Lord. See, God working in the Spirit among the people. See, the great background, how it could only come to that city. So if people were expecting so much of a great, great, great big thing, but God came down in a very little, little, little man. Hallelujah. Very, very little. Hallelujah. It was so little that they, 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 they failed to understand what was going on. And then God never did, never did in any time take any group of people to do anything. God takes an individual. And you are the one. You are the only person. God can never change his things. So when God, when people were expecting that God would come with things, they thought that we might come in a group. But God ever since time has always taken individuals. Look at the time when he told you, when he called upon Noah, when he wanted to save the whole world. He didn't come and take the whole people that were around the earth. He just came and called one person that was Noah. And with Noah, he said, unto Noah, I'm going to save this whole world. And he gave Noah a message, just build an ark. And when he said build an ark, Noah went and started building an ark. And while Noah was building an ark, he said, no, I'm going to destroy this whole world with water. And Noah started preaching that message. Because with, with him, he thought that if God was going to destroy the whole world, then I might as get, I might as well bring everybody into the ark. So when Noah was building the ark, he was building the ark, he said, I also bring the animals. I also bring everything. And this is how sometimes when God calls a man to come and proclaim the gospel of God, he says, when you proclaim the gospel, you have to cut the head to everybody. We don't know who is going to come. So let's to count the as, as, if, as, as if the Lord is calling everyone. But God, who knows all things, knows whom he's going to call. God, who knows all things, even here among us, as we are starting this little fellowship in what for us, we don't know who he's going to call among us, the what for area. We don't know who he's going to call among us, head for area. But we believe that God, who knows all things, the elect will come. Hallelujah. Because when God was directing Noah's act and was built, he picked up the lion. And the, the, the male and the female lion, and they started walking to go into the ark. And he picked up the, the elephant, male and female, and started walking and going to the ark. He picked up the cat, the cat, or he started walking and going to the ark. He picked up every animal, male and female, and they were coming into the ark. It wasn't you know who was saying, Oh, come, 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 come. It was God who was calling them to come into the ark. Hallelujah. He said, No man can come unto me except my father calling him. We proclaim the gospel and we try to bring the gospel and proclaim it wherever the word of God shall go. We will not just and sit or put our gospel underneath the cable. We are going to proclaim it worldwide. Hallelujah. Who will see and will know and that God is going to call them. Hallelujah. And when they come, they will come in by the Lord. Not of our own choosing. Hallelujah. So God takes an individual. Look at Abraham. One man called. And then Abraham, when he wanted to come, he said, no, let me take my, my lot, my, my, my father's son, because I, I will need help along the way. But God did not call Lot. God did only call one man, Abraham. So when God was calling a man, he called a man as an individual. Hallelujah. Down through the ages, the prophets, they were called as individuals. At the time of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ in the flesh, he called one person as an individual, John the Baptist. He just called him in a very young age. Meaning that God does not look at a particular age. God in a particular age of nine years old, and he told him, go into the wilderness. 
So he's falling, was at nine years old, but while he was in the wilderness, and he was seeing nature, because God's Bible is written in nature. You are seeing how the nature is, how the serpent is, and how the vipers is, and everything else. He was getting his messages in the wilderness. And then when he came 21 years later, that's when he had his message. But God had called him one man to prepare the coming of the first coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a sign that when God is about to do certain things, he calls one man to prepare a way for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. A time when the shadow again in this last day, but when God is preparing for the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, he has got one person. Hallelujah. Through the prophecy of Malachi 4, verse 5 and 6, he said, There shall come a man that shall have the spirit and the power of Elijah mm -hmm. to turn the heart of the children back from their fathers to the children. Hallelujah. And the heart of the children to their fathers. Hallelujah. And the heart of the children's faith today are being turned back to the faith of the Pentecostal fathers. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory Amen. be to God. We are all acquainted here that when our prophet William Aaron Branham was born, was born under a sign. And his lifestyle and the way he lived was of the nature of Elijah. He loved the woods. You would go into the woods. You would love the nature. You would have this, the kind of spirit and the power of Elijah. We'll pick up on that when we speak about Elijah and Elijah. A message one speech on. Hallelujah. And then, when that man came, he was preparing the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. He means that if there has been a scriptural person that has come to prepare the first coming of the Lord Jesus Christ by a scripture written down, written down in Isaiah, and then we have another scripture on Malachi 4 and several others coming of the second coming of a person of another man, then who else should come? Who do have any other person who wants to project himself saying, ah, after Malachi 4 is gone, I'm going to prepare the way. There's no one else after that. Glory be to God. And I love that. Hallelujah. Because then it means that all of us have got one reference point to go to. Hallelujah. And that reference point is not unto man's wisdom, but it's unto the scriptural truth of the word of God. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. God calling Abraham, God calling um impersonate individuals. We want to go back into our subject here of why into Bethlehem and we'll see some of the things that happened in this video place called Bethlehem. There was a a, 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 a gentlewoman. We are told, maybe some of these will do, and some of the little ones will pick it up when uh, we do us, you mothers do their own Sunday school. You know, there was a, 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 a gentlewoman told her, and this gentlewoman was a harlot. It means that she was living a filthy life, seeing so many other men in a city called Jericho, and she was just living however she lived. But God had elected her. So despite the fact that her life was so much ruined, but within the eyes of God, she was an elected lady. Hallelujah. And when she heard that the, the army of Israel was coming down, and she heard the testimonies of what Israel had done, of how they stormed down in the wilderness, the armies, she knew that these people, they've got a God. She heard that among them, they've got a cloud that comes, hallelujah, by day, and that cloud follows them. Hallelujah. And then because they've got a, a pillar of fire that comes by night, and that pillar of fire follows them. And she heard about how Moses in the in the in the in the in the wilderness they smote the rock, and when they were thirsty and they didn't have anything to drink of, that rock had cast out water. She heard about how each 
Manya. She, she wanted to all hate these people up. So when she heard that he, these two spies, Joshua, it came amongst them, she said, no, 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 these people are terrible. I would rather that I be saved. She said, what can you do that you can save me? And then they said, no, if you just save us from these people that are looking for us, because those spies were being looked, they're going to spy the promised land. And then she said, those two spies, and then Joshua said, put this scarlet rod. And they were let down from the temple, and they went down, and as they went down, the, that scarlet rod that pulled them down was the one that scarlet rod that was pulled down. So when Israel was coming, they saw that scarlet rod, and the king that Jericho did not destroy him. So she and her family were saved. Because she applied an instruction which she had been told of, of, of Joshua to do. Hallelujah. And similar is it unto us. Glory be to God. If we take the word of God and do what the word of God says, and eat of the word of God, and partake of the word of God, and apply it to our very lives, Though our lives be so filthy and dirty, though no matter how much sin we may have had, but when we apply the word of God into our lives, it cleanses and then we can have grace. Hallelujah. The grace to be saved. Hallelujah. So Joshua, so the Lord was saved. And this woman married a general. And that general, from that marriage, they gave a son. And that son, named son was Solomon. And Solomon was the founder. Of Bethlehem. He is the one that built Bethlehem. But unbeknown, we know that in Bethlehem it was a land which was kind of very fertile and there was um, a little well there that we spoke about, the well which Abraham had built. So in that little place there was a little well and the people that founded Bethlehem they did not need, they, they couldn't fight that much. So the only way of their survival was to farm. And the, the method that they said farming was they said farming wheat and barley. Hallelujah. They were, they were wheat farmers. And from wheat and barley, that's how they would make their bread. Hallelujah. So the only survival of this little place, unlike some of the areas, was farming. Glory be to God. And we'll talk about that as we go along. And then this someone married, uh, begets Boaz in his marriage. And then Boaz then married Ruth. Hallelujah. And we are told how Ruth herself was not of Israel, but she was a gentle woman. Hallelujah. And she came forth after Naomi had gone into a far land and having two children, two males, and they married there. And one of the males married Oprah, and then the other child married Ruth. And then Ruth, when she was coming, when Naomi was coming back, after there was a famine. Oprah decided to go back into the world. But Ruth says, I will go and to your people. Your God shall be my God. Hallelujah. But she was a gentle woman. She was not of the lineage of Israel. Now Israel, they know that they obeyed and they believed that an Israelite should marry an Israelite. It was even up to them that a Levite should marry a Levite. Hallelujah. Or a person in the tribe of Judah should marry a Judah. Hallelujah. And so is it that this story has been applied to them and even unto us. If we want to conceive, if we want to conceive the lineage of the Holy Gospel, a believer would make a believer. Hallelujah. Because you, if you are coming from the same values and the same ethics, you've got something that you understand one to the other. Glory be to God. But however, Ruth went and she humbled herself and went into the body season and she got married 
to Boaz. Hallelujah. And they begat Obed. And Obed begat Jesse. And out of Jesse, he had seven sons. And one of those seven sons was David. Hallelujah. Now, if you pick up a little subject of why David Bethlehem, this will show us now how David was of that little place of Bethlehem. Hallelujah. And now, as it is that out of the root of Jesse, Shall come for the branch. Hallelujah. So the, 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 the scripture that we read in Isaiah chapter 1 was the scripture that was telling us of a prophecy of a man that was going to come. And if you read the scripture, as you shall read, you will find that that particular person was none other than the king of glory, who was God himself. But here the scripture was giving us, Isaiah was giving us a prophecy. That the God who was going to come was going to come out of the lineage of the root of Jesse. Hallelujah. And Jesse, we've seen here that Jesse was coming out of that particular city of Bethlehem. Hallelujah. Through, through a marriage that had taken place originally from Rahab. Hallelujah. And Rahab originally came through someone. Someone found in the city and then opened and then was and then Jesse. Hallelujah. And of those sons that Jesse had of the seven, God chose one of them. And the one that he chose was the most one that was kind of despised. Hallelujah. Born in a little despised place. You want to see how the things that oftentimes are despised of the Lord are the things that certain God uses so mightily. Hallelujah. The things that the people look down upon are the things that God picks upon and uses them so greatly. Hallelujah. So when you are looking for things, do not look for the big, sorry things. That's many things, things that are the great things. Hallelujah. David, he seemed to be Jesse's seventh son. He was the last one to be brought before the people. You know, some God anointed Samuel, the prophet of that day, to go and anoint out of the sons of Jesse, one to be king over Israel. Hallelujah. Because originally they were not supposed to be led by a king. God would come and speak to them. In, in mountains, God will come and speak to them as prophets. But it so happened that at one moment, when they were with Moses, the people looked upon the what was happening in other nations. And they said, ah, other nations seem to have a particular king. And that king has got subjects among them. And those subjects govern them by having one person under this subject, another person under this subject. So there's a structure, there's a president there, then there's got the minister of finance, the minister of agriculture, the minister of that, so there's a structure. So we want to be like them. Hallelujah. And that was the mistake Israel made. Because when they were looking upon that structure, that was the structure of a hierarchy, which God does not want. Because God's way of working is to work as one person, as an individual. So when they said, when they were told that the king that thou shalt have would do this to them, they said, oh, we want them anyhow. And they were given so. But God does not want a structural hierarchy. God does not want to come in a hierarchy that means that a person is telling another person what to do. God wants to pick an individual, hallelujah, to speak from, from God to that individual. And so is it today. God has not changed in any way. God is speaking to us as individuals. Glory be to God. So when they decided to have that, God then chose someone else who was dead. And when Samuel was coming, he brought forth his sons. And one after the other, Samuel said, no, that's not the one. No, that is not the one. 
No, that is not one. And two out of the five, six of them were gone. And they said, don't you have another? Is there not one among you two? Then they said, ah, there's a ruddy looking fellow. He, he, that one, I don't think you would consider him. Ah, you know, he doesn't want to be with the others. He always wants to go and be with the sheep. You know, he wants to play with the dirty of the sheep. He cleans the sheep, he plays in the bed. And they said, ah, go and look, go and call him. Hallelujah. And even, the way they put him in mind that they had looking David, you know, he didn't even have any structure to him. And God, when, when someone brought him before him, said, this is the person. And then he anointed, he anointed, he anointed the David. Hallelujah. I'll just keep some of this. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. It was, it was just a child fellow. It wasn't really somebody that they would look up to. Because what people were doing, they were looking upon the structures of their son. Mm -hmm. But God was looking into the heart. Because when God looks upon a person, he doesn't look upon how big a structure you are. He looks what's inside your heart. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Why did you bless them? We want to just go, go in here and just find out why, why it had to be in that manner. Glory be to God. So people sometimes think that when there are some great people, then God can work with them. Hallelujah. And here the prophet says, but God don't do it that way. He takes something that is nothing. So he can show himself to be mighty. So he took something that was nothing in David. So he could show himself to be mighty. He can take something that people look around you here and seem as if you are nothing. But he can make something out of you. If you believe that God can make something out of me, even though you may feel like you are not worthy, but God will look upon you and say, ah, this is the one you are ready. But the moment you think that you are somebody, and then you start say, oh, look at me, look at me, and you're putting on, then God said, no, 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 this is not the person I'm, I'm going to work with. I'm going to work with somebody who humbles himself and considers himself something. He could take something, he could get in his head, something he could make something out of to show that he is God. Because God wouldn't be God if he was to take some great big people. Let's say, for example, today, we know now that the world is being controlled by, or in a way they say America controls the world in the other. That's what they say. I'm not saying it does, but that's what they say. But if, if God was saying, ah, now I'm going to do something very great, and the person I'm going to do, ah, we've got Donald Trump as the president of, uh, of America. So let's take Donald Trump now, because Donald Trump is a very big person. No? And then people who, Donald Trump will do a big thing. What would the people say? Would they say it is God or would they say it's Donald Trump? It will look as if it's Donald Trump. Because Donald Trump is already a big person already. And he's doing certain great things. But if God was to take a little fellow like Akira here, who is not known, the president of America doesn't know him. Neither does even Teresa may know that there's a little person called Akira. Even, even our president doesn't even know that there's Akira here. And Akira was to do a big, big, big thing. People say, oh, 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 who is this little fellow? Who is this little seven-year-old fellow that, that is talking about God so much? Ah, where does he come from? Ah, where is his father? Ah, where is his family? Ah, what is happening here? Ah, why? And then people say, ah, this is none other than God. Because we know that with Akira, he cannot have the capability to do a great, great, great thing. So God takes the people that seemingly are nothing to show that he is great. 
my greatness. Hallelujah. He is the one that is going to live the life of Jesus Christ. He is the one that is going to live the nature of God. He is the one that is going to show the forgiveness of Christ. He is the one that is going to show the love of Christ. He is the one that is going to show the peace of God. He is the one that is going to the nature of God. A little fellow, a, a not worthy person like myself, is the one that is going to show that to the people that the God is dwelling and living in you. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. It may take us here. Hallelujah. A little fellowship, a little nothing here. Hallelujah. In Watford. Hallelujah. Then you might say, ah, oh, out of this little fellow, fellows here in Watford, as long as they are pray, praying with, with, with one accord, as long as they have got one purchase, out of this little fellow in Watford, I'm going to get something great. Hallelujah. I'm going to bring out a fellowship that is going to believe in the works of God, that is going to show forth the nature of God, that the Holy Ghost is going to be among us. Because he wants to show forth that he's not in the greatness of the multitude of people, but in way two or three are gathered. That's where I would be. So he who is here among us, who is going to show forth, hallelujah, glory be to God, that God can manifest himself, hallelujah, to be the living God among us, hallelujah, glory be to God. God takes something that is not significant at all, that people don't want to look at, something that is despised. And how does he look at it? And that is where he is born. That's where he becomes manifested. Hallelujah, glory be to God. For the sake of our time, let me just continue. We get to a place where we realize that we are nothing. Then get in God's hands. He can mold you and make you the way He wants you to be. Hallelujah. But as soon as you feel that you are important, then you will never get nowhere. You can't even get in the hands of God. Even for God to be in your hands when you are important, you can't even get there. Until we realize that we are not important. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Now we see here when David was being was being promised, hallelujah, we find out that this spiritual seed, which was promised by the natural seed as a lineage of people, comes through Abraham. Hallelujah. Look at Abraham. He was nothing. But God called him from the from the out of the land of Mammon. From nowhere, from a cursed land. Which we were talking about last week, last time. It was a cursed Canaan. But from that land of a cursed. God called him from a despised land. God called Abraham. Said, this is going to be a father of nations. And today, he has, he has got, in the natural, he has got so many people out of his lineage. But in the spiritual, he has got more. Hallelujah. Because there was a promise that God gave unto, unto Abraham's seed. And Abraham's seed was none other than Lord Jesus Christ. But his natural seed was Isaac. So there were two things. There were the natural seed of Isaac and then the spiritual seed of Christ. Hallelujah. But he lived in the kingship as well. When God said, hallelujah, well, let's read here. But in the kingship come through the spiritual promise of David. There was a king. Remember, God is a promise that they shall out of the root of Jesse shall come forth a king. So Israel, if they were going to be looking for a king, if they so much wanted the Messiah to rule and take them out of the bondage of the Romans, they were supposed to look for that king out of the root of Jesse. But the natural person that Jesse had was David. And David's son that took the kingship after David was Solomon. And Solomon vexed took many wives, and then his king, his kingship and his kingdom was divided. And Israel was vexed him. So that natural 
seed was not the natural seed. God was actually saying of the spiritual seed. So they could not understand that this out of the root of Jesse was not the natural, like unto Abraham. It was not the natural seed of Abraham, of Isaac, but it was the spiritual seed, hallelujah, of Christ. So even here, when God was saying, this shall be the son of man, and then the, uh, the son of God, and then the son of David, who are going to be on the throne, hallelujah, he is talking about the spiritual, hallelujah, glory to the God. Let us move on. Let me read that. <clears throat> Hallelujah. And look at how from that, from, from that lineage that, that root of Jesse was coming. It wasn't just the man. Hallelujah. There was Mary, a gentle woman. There was Ruth, a gentle woman as well. You see? And this is how God was saying even in that lineage Hallelujah. Where out of the root of Jesse, there was also not only the throne being of one, of a man called the son of David, Jesus Christ himself alone, he was also going to bring forth his queen there. And that queen was also coming out of the root of Jesse. Hallelujah. Because there was gentle. Ruth was gentle. Hallelujah. And the gentiles will be made up, the bride will be made up of gentiles. The Gentiles will take a people out of the Gentiles for his namesake. That is his name. He took a wife, see, out of the Gentiles. That's how it had to be. Women coming, church coming, see. This this is not so clear. I don't know whether you can see it properly. Anyway, see, there were Gentiles, the grandmothers back there in the lineage of the seed. So the four of our grandmothers who were Gentiles, Rehab, were also in the lineage. Hallelujah. Of the seed that was going to be on the throne. Hallelujah. Which was of David. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. So that little place of Bethlehem was carrying an identity of the gentle bride. Him being coming among the people that were despised was carrying an identity of a bride. Him being called out to the people that were not seemingly holy was calling an identity of the eternity of people that were going to be on the throne. Because Israel ate the law. And the law was not an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. And by it, people were called to consider themselves holy. By keeping the law, you were called to be holy. Whatever you do, you're holy. Even to be a, a priest, there were some particular things that you had to be like, you know, you, your, your nose had to be like a particular way, you know, you didn't have to be disabled or anything because it was a holy thing. But of the Gentiles, they were considered as if they nothing. The people that were not of Israel, they were considered as if dirty. And let me be honest, rightly so. The Gentiles were dirty. The Gentiles were miserable. The Gentiles were filthy. They were perversion. They had every perversion until this day. Hallelujah. The Gentiles were not of the holy person. But out of those Gentile people, out of we and you who are seemingly looked down upon as if we are unholy, God is saying, I'm going to call the bride. I'm going to call a woman who is going to be without spot or wrinkle. I'm going to call you. I'm going to call me. I'm going to call them and I'm going to cleanse them. I'm going to sanctify them. I'm going to fill them with the Holy Ghost. And then I'm going to establish them to be my wife. God is calling a people that are despised. But that process that is calling that comes to a place. And that is the best that is born in a despised place. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. <clears throat> Hallelujah. 
So what can more gonna do? You're not talking about the genders. When this great big place is the ears that turning him away, open your doors of the manger of your heart and let Jehovah come in mm. in that. And watch what takes place. For in the way, I can't say that. Let me see, let me use this. If you abide in me and my way they abide, he is the way. Let him come into you and watch what takes place. Then ask what you will. When he is born in you, in a little manger, in your heart, in a little despised place, in a place that you do not seemingly look down upon. When he, we, we were speaking the other time that the best is the mess. Any death, whether it's done in a hotel, whether it's done in the cleanliness of any, any, any hospital, it's a mess. Wherever it's done, it's a mess. And being a mess is something that is looked down upon, is despised. But even that death brings life unto people. We here are born, we're born in a mess. But today we are alive because of that mess. Hallelujah. So even being born again, it's a mess. When you become born again into the kingdom of God, it's not a pleasant thing. It looks like it's a messy thing. Hallelujah. But that is best of being born again with life eternal. I'd rather be in a mess of being born again than be sitting and be thinking that uh, uh, I'm going to be, and then not be born again, but end up not being born. Hallelujah. I'd rather be in a mess, I'd rather be ashamed of the gospel than not up with being saying, ah, I don't want to be ashamed of the gospel. After all, by being ashamed of the gospel, it is the power unto God and the salvation. Amen. Glory be to God. So even if I'm at work, even if you're at school, even if you're here, do not be ashamed to call yourself a Christian. Amen. Being a Christian is the greatest thing that can ever be, we can ever be. And do not ever make an apology for being a Christian. Hallelujah. Because being a Christian is the life of Christ. They ask you, ah, you seem to be different. What, what is it that you are? So, ah, I'm a Christian. Oh, 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 oh I'm Catholic. Oh, ah, I'm Methodist. They are not identifying themselves with Christ. They identify themselves with the church. So when you're asked, do not identify yourself with any church. Identify yourself with Christ. Amen. And Christ is the life of God that they will be seeing in you. Hallelujah. When you're living the word of God. Let's just go on for the sake of our time. There's some way I want to get. Now let's just Proverbs, but let's break down Bethlehem. Because they asked the question, why little Bethlehem? And the prophet was trying to bring down, you know, he spoke two messages on this message on, on why little Bethlehem. And he was trying to bring down the, to the people an understanding. Remember, he said it goes over the top of their head. They do not understand this. And by God's grace, this is where our deity want us to hold in and put on our spiritual jacket. Because this is why the prophet had to be given this message. And we know the prophet, when he was being putting his messages, he was revealing the mystery, the mysteries of the Bible. Mm -hmm. Things that seemingly were on the backside of the Bible, which no man had read, but were inside of the Bible. And people were looking upon it and could not see it. But the prophet, when the book was opened, now people could make an understanding of it. Mm -hmm. And now that the prophet has brought forth unto us, let us have the clear understanding of why it had to be little better than Because the prophet said it goes over the top of their head. It's a mystery, he said. And that's a mystery until this day, in God's blessing today, they don't understand it. Mm -hmm. By the grace of God, my prayer is let us understand why it had to be little better than mm -hmm. we put on uh, our spiritual jacket, says, better than Let's break it down. The word best means house. And El means God in Hebrew. And Elam is bread. 
Now we might wonder how come it's spelled Bethlehem and with L E there. In Hebrew, it's actually Beth E L. Bethlehem. That's how it's in Hebrew. It's only the English that brings the E and the L over there. So in Hebrew, L means God and L means bread. So the complete way if it was put in Hebrew would have been the house of God's bread. But the prophet was in America, so they used the American English, which is Bethlehem, which we also use in the UK. So it was Bethlehem, and Bethlehem is the house of God's bread. Hallelujah! That's what the word means. So in Bethlehem, that's where God's bread is. Now that brings us to something that God has declared himself. He said, I am the bread of life. Hallelujah! And Bethlehem means the house of God's bread. And how fitting that is to Jesus. The bread of eternal life. Christ is the bread of life. We all believe that. He says, what did he say? I am the bread of life. Hallelujah. And he said in St. John, I am the bread of life that came down out of heaven. Your father did eat manna in the wilderness and are all dead. But this bread, if any man eat this bread, he shall live forever. Which bread? Men shall not live on bread alone, but on every way that proceeds out of the word of God. Amen. So the bread of life is this bread. Amen. When we partake of the bread of life, of this bread, we are living under the bread of eternal life. Amen. That's why it is always a good habit to read your Bible each day and pray. Amen. If you read your Bible each day and you pray, you grow. Amen. If you want to grow in Christ and you want to become more like God, just commit yourself each day to find a portion of the scripture, read it, and, and, and understand it, and then pray about it, and you will grow. Hallelujah. Each day. Because remember his, his, his prayer that he taught us on our Lord's prayer says, Give us this day our daily bread. So it's a daily thing, a daily habit, a daily thing that you grow with. And I've learned that each time when I'm opening my Bible in the morning, or if I miss it due to work, or something else, and open it in the evening, I always pray that, Lord, may I have something to partake of this scripture. When you partake of that scripture, you are growing. Hallelujah. Jesus is the bread of life. And so the bread of life had to come out as Bethlehem. The prophet goes on and says, let me skip here. Oh, notice, Israel received a new fresh bread each night. Every day they would have bread. Coming down from heaven for their journey. Christ is our bread, our life, bread of life. And every day we receive a freshness from Christ, from heaven. And the Holy Spirit coming down upon the believer every day, fresh. Now to me, when I see these things, I help them. Because to me, I see a promise there. I see a promise that God is now obligated to give us a fresh manner each day. Because if he once did it to Israel, that each day you would give them a fresh manner, then today he is going to give us a fresh manner for our day. And this is where people miss it. They want to partake of the bread that was of yesterday. That is now contaminated. They want to go back to a message that was of yesterday. That is now contaminated. They want to go back to their denominational feed that is now contaminated. When God has given us a message of the day. And the message of the day has been opened unto us by William Aaron Burnham. Even if I were to go back to the same tape that I was listening to yesterday, I could receive a fresh manner. Hallelujah! Amen. Every day when I listen to a particular tape, there should be something that is fresh. 
coming from the Lord Jesus Christ. How does it come by a revelation? Because God reveals himself as you listen to those texts. And as you listen to those texts, God is saying, today I've got an appointment with you. Today I've got an appointment with you, sister. Today I've got an appointment with you, brother. Today there's a particular thing that is a particular vitamin that you need. And there's a particular nutrient that you need in the spoken word. There's a particular nutrient that you need in the word of God. Because God has got an objection, hallelujah, to give you something fresh for that day. Hallelujah. Glory be God. And that is why I love about this message of the hour. It's not something, it's not something new. Because it is never, everything has already been done, it's already been opened, but it's fresh. You've just not seen it from that angle. And when it, when it hits you, you become aware, oh. You come, we, we, we start to love it. Hallelujah. Let's go on. And here is our Bethlehem. God's house of eternal life. Right? Christ was born in Bethlehem. Now, this is really sweet. Christ was born in Bethlehem and became the house of God's eternal life. Bread. He is the bread of life. He is our Bethlehem. Christ is our Bethlehem. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. This is going to be, I'm going to read this. Then they all true believing sons of God are born in Bethlehem with him. If Christ had to become the bread of life to be born in Bethlehem, which is life's bread's house, then every one true believer, which means the night before, hallelujah, he's talking about true believers here, and every one true believer in Christ is born in Christ, hallelujah. They that are born in God's Bethlehem, amen. So if you are going to be a true believer, you are born in Christ. And Christ is our Bethlehem. So you have to be born in Bethlehem. And to be born in Bethlehem, you have to be born in the house of God's bread. Hallelujah. And to be born in the house of God's bread, you have to come to that particular house. Hallelujah. So we say gather here. When two or three are gathered in my name, this becomes the house of God's bread. This becomes the house where you can go to and partake. This becomes the best place. This becomes a maternity watch. This becomes a place where you are born again, children are being born. How are they being born? If they partake of the word and they are eating of the word, they can have a born again experience. Again, here. Yeah. They receive the fresh manna from God. Hallelujah. They receive the best. Hallelujah. The best in God's eternal house of bread. Hallelujah. Everyone true believer in Christ is born in Bethlehem. Hallelujah. In Christ. They are born in God's Bethlehem. Hallelujah. They all, I've read this. Then only Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Our Adam, hallelujah, was born in Bethlehem. You were born in Bethlehem. How, how did you do it? Right here in front, that was then. But I'm saying right here in Watford. Right here this morning. Right here among us, they can have a birth, hallelujah. You can be born again in God's Bethlehem, house of God's bread. And then the stone seemed to see it. Remember what he said, the mystery? Why is it in Bethlehem? People don't seem to see it when they are told, let us go to the house of the Lord, let us outreach here, let us call people, let us do a lift at this wall, let us talk to them about Christ coming, let us bring people into the house of God's bread. Why are we doing it? Because we've got an aim, hallelujah. We have the motive that the people that shall come here will experience the best, hallelujah, of being born in God's house. And that is my prayer. That is my motive. That is why I'm here. That is why God has called us to start this little fellowship so that we can outreach, hallelujah, to be 
the house of God's bread. And when they come, they eat. And when they eat, they live forevermore. Who will not want to have eternal life? Who will not want to come unto Christ? Hallelujah. The people don't know what it's all about. But the spirit, hallelujah. You're talking about why you better him. He feeling it now, hallelujah. The way it shows it is the manifestation of God's weight. He, he, we have life through Christ and in Him alone. Why we are partaking in Bethlehem? Who is He? He's the weight. When, when you can see it's one objective when you're among us here, then the word of God that must fit upon that we are in God's spiritual Bethlehem. Hallelujah! Glory be to God. When we come among us, one another here. And we fellowship here among us here. And here when you speak with the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, that all our sins are forgiven. And we've got one set motive. Hallelujah. When you get into one accord, hallelujah. When you get into one mind, hallelujah. Like it was on the day of Pentecost, hallelujah. What else can happen except a spiritual birth, hallelujah. In a spiritual Bethlehem. I eat in God's spiritual bread. Our souls punctuating every way. That we spoke with an amen. Mm. And we punctuate the word of God with an amen. amen. We are eating amen. God's bread of life. Hallelujah. And may the Lord is blessing to this uh, teaching. I just thought maybe we could just teach about why need you bless him amen. and show forth that that is why we are here. Because we have a cause, we have a motive. My brother, we are trying to reach out to the people to come into Christ. Amen. We are not drawing people to come to us. We've got nothing that we can give them Amen. except the word of God. Amen. And God is the one that gives them that life. Amen. So we are trying to point to them that we are nothing and God has made us somebody so that we can point the nobodies to that somebody who is Christ himself. Amen. Hallelujah. We are trying to point to people by trying to bring people to eat and partake of this spiritual manner by saying amen. Even in the house of the Lord, when you receive the revelation, that fresh manner, hallelujah, that coming, that, that, that being dropped, that God is obligated even this morning to give unto you a freshness, hallelujah, the freshness of revelation, God revealing himself to you, you should say amen to it. Because your amen is so be it. Your so be it is eating the word of God. Hallelujah. So when the way says this sign shall follow them that believe, what does the genuine believer say? The real genuine believer who is born in Bethlehem says, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory be to God. And the works that I do shall you do also. So if the way of God is saying the works that I do shall you do also, what does a real genuine believer, hallelujah, not a fake believer, not a made believer, a real genuine true believer who is a real Bethlehem dweller says, Amen. Amen. Because he satisfies that angel's food. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory be to God. If you abide in me, oh, I love this. Amen. Glory be to God. Amen. He said, if you abide in the Bethlehem, if you abide in Christ, hallelujah, if you abide in the word of God, if you abide in God's house of eternal life, if you make a decision, hallelujah, that on a prayer meeting, I'm going to be there. On a Sunday, I'm going to be there. On a, on a, oh, when God goes, come, come, I'm going to be there. We are fighting in God's way. Look at the promise. What God has promised, then whatever I have got need of, I can come back to this word of God. He said, if you abide in me, and my words abide in you, hallelujah. The word of God abiding in a believer. The word 
Seigneur. Alléluia. Let us sing this song. Amen, amen, amen. Alléluia. Because we want to have it in our lives. We want it, we want it, we want to so be it into our lives. We want to be a dwellers of our spiritual Bethlehem. In fact, there's anything that I would love to be today is I want to be in Bethlehem every day of my life. Hallelujah. Unless there's some condition that is that is happening from those attending church. But before the doors are closed, an opportunity that comes to the house for me, I want to grab it. Hallelujah. I want to tell everybody to come to Bethlehem. I want to tell somebody to come to Bethlehem. Because this is the house of God's bread. Hallelujah. This is where people are being born into the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. You have a own spiritual experience in God's house. You can claim anything. Now you start thinking about what your, what your life has been. Do you have the Holy Ghost? Do you have the life of Jesus Christ? Are you living that righteousness life? Are you a person you can claim and say, Lord, I'm in your best name now. I need to overcome. Lord, I'm in your best name now. I need the Holy Ghost. Lord, I'm in your best name now. I need you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So that we can all come to that spot. Let me disconnect here. Hallelujah. Amen. We want to sing this song. Are you going to love him? Amen. Are you going to praise him? Amen. Are you going to worship him? Amen. 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 The Bible is true. Amen. It's the word of God. Hallelujah. Where the freshness of the word of God is true. 
each day. Amen. 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 Listen, we say amen, amen, as we, end up, as we put our hearts to prayer. Amen. We say amen, amen, amen. We Hallelujah. Hey. 